Man, like just those days, man, were that was great. Like, what was it like the early H Street days? You know what I'm saying? Were you guys like I'm sure everyone was real cool. Were you staying at the H Street? Dude, it house? was the fucking it was the bad news bears of skateboarding. It was so <laughs> funny. The dirty outcast fucking boiler maker was our fucking manager and we fucking just were just handled it. It was the straight up fucking bad news bears. I love how the team was so eclectic too. You know what I mean? It was That's just... what I mean. Yeah, if you look at the bad news bears, you had the little nerd with the glasses. You had a brother. You had a chick. You had all kinds of weirdos and misfits, and they all made it happen. And that was H Street. I miss teams like that. You know what I mean? We're like, yeah, no, that shit is gone. You know, I mean, and, and then and then the fact that they had a fucking house for us, where the <laughs> team writers could fucking stay and live. Hey, remember the last time they had a house? Who the fuck does that? Hey, shit, I remember last time they had a house, it was that Baker house. A lot of people didn't make it out too good. It's like, that's what happens when you, I, honestly, man, that's what happens when you put a bunch of like-minded people together in a room that are doing something like-minded that's not positive. You know what I'm saying? It's right. like, you can be right. skaters and shit, but their main focus was being fucked up. The A Street house, their main focus was skating. You know, and so yeah. that was not that, just skating, but one one up in the next guy every day. Every was it was like a friendly competition, man. And that was yep. skateboarding needs that. You know what I'm saying? Lot, it needs it, man. It's like people are too fickle. You know what I mean? They don't they don't like friendly competition. People hate Nigel. I'm like, what? Beat him. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Go beat him. Fucking- I feel like seeing dudes like that is like friendly competition. Even if you don't feel as if you're that good, it should push you. You know what I'm saying? It should push yeah, you but- to be creative and be and be a better skater and shit like that. Like I'm sure being around guys like Sal and fucking and Donger and all them dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like you, Danny Way and fucking. Well, I grew Alf. up. Donger was Donger was from my neighborhood, so I knew Donger when he fucking got handed a. And this is a funny story. It's truer than fucking the truth itself. Donger was handed a triple recycled Christian Hasoy board with that went through two cycles of grip tape. Meaning it was fucking gripped, grip tape was taken off, it was re-gripped, grip tape was taken off, <laughs> grip tape was put on again. It had no nose, no tail, it didn't have the fucking hammerhead, that shit was splinters. <laughs> it had no tail, and that motherfucker all had a shopping cart. Wow. them dudes back then were just I, th- I thought it was so dope it was sort of like uh what is it five deadly venoms remember that old h remember that yeah, old, yeah. remember that yeah. joint uh, yes it, yes, yes. Uh, that's every time i saw h street i was like yo man it remind me of that kung fu movie as a kid where everyone just had a different style i know back then uh you started skating vert but i remember back in the what was the next video where you had a bunch of street shit dude like, well, yeah because that's that was the changing tide man it was like there was no vert ramps there was no fucking pools I mean, if you rode a wheel bigger than a fucking 56, you were laughed at. That's true. You know That's very saying? true. So it just, it became this like, you know, and that was, that was a lot of that was courtesy of World and Rocco. He fucking, he, he did his thing. He, he had his impact and the blind video and Gons, everyone was on that tip. Once well, that shit was out, it was like, okay, let's, let's, let's change fucking everything. Let's, let's <laughs> everything. But, um, not to, not to jump off of that subject, but. It's not just us as, as African-Americans in the sport that have kind of gotten like, you know, 
kind of like the side eye in some occasions. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. Man, one of the most talented skateboarders I've seen, and I'm going to go ahead and say it since Mullen is Austin Seaholm. And he got the shit end of the stick because he spoke out. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I remember that dude. I Didn't he used, yeah. to, he used to be like really good in contests and shit, right? Austin Seaholm would win every fucking contest. What happened to that he dude? He, he just stopped because after he didn't win in Tampa, he threw a fit and he was basically banned from fucking skateboarding. Yo, you know the same thing happened. I'm sure you know this with Gentry. He didn't get he, but like, he was trying to start the union shit. When uh, that's right, he was trying to start pro professional. Remember that? And everybody was like, "Uh, dog, I cannot believe everybody." Man, that would have been the best thing to happen for vert skating, and then for and then for street skating exactly. He was on some street league shit before there was street league. Absolutely, and he had everybody else. He had everybody else in mind, which is a yep. very selfless fucking thing. He wasn't trying to make no money. He wasn't trying. He yep. was just trying to get everybody straight, and everybody and just kind of on the same page. And he, and people were laughing at him on his back. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm like, man, that shit. I, I still, I got a lot of respect for him for sticking to his guns, man. Sticking to his guns yeah. and what he believed in. And although it didn't work, at least he tried. To yeah. this day, there's no organization. There's no recognizable organization. That fucking supports retired skaters, skaters that got injured, skaters that fucking this, that. I mean, there's the NFL, the NBA, the fucking MLB. Dude, I guarantee you ain't one of them dudes that was ever affiliated with that is fucking hurting. Thank you. Thank you very much. And you know what I've been saying recently, too? Check this out, man. I've been saying this from like our era. I mean, you're obviously a little bit before me. I think you turned pro well before me. But um, I turned pro in 93, 94, 93, I believe. You turned pro in 91. I turned pro in 90 and then quit in 93 and came back in 95 when the day Colin McKay called me. No, 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 I'm sorry. Alfonso Rawls called me and said, dude, sit down. I got some bad news for you. And I'm thinking, I'm like, I I, I switched gears. I was into cars and, and fucking weed and girls and whatever. <laughs> and basically he's like, look, man, um, Ternaski just died today. And I said, what? Even though I hadn't had nothing to do with him for two years. Skateboarding, I had nothing to do with fucking skateboarding. Matter of fact, I denounced skateboarding for those two years. If people came up to me and said, oh, did you used to skate? I would say, nope. <laughs> so when I got that phone call, dude, and I went to the funeral, and it was uh, it was Danny, Colin, Alf, uh, Mike Carroll, a bunch of heads, basically at the wake they all fucking surrounded me, and they said, dude, you're never leaving skating again. And, dude, I skated that next year after his passing. There's 365 days in a year. I skated 363 days because I fucking wrote it down on my calendar. I missed two days because I had the flu. I skated 363 days that next year, bro, and that's when I came back. It's W. And it was all at the fucking Plan B warehouse with Tuss, Ben, Colin, and Danny. I was there when fucking Danny made the phone call when Hawk was landing. Hawk was putting down 900s on his ramp. Danny heard within an hour, called the fucking 
the office at the warehouse and said, fucking tell Tony to get all this shit off and get the fuck out of the ramp. <laughs> get off my ramp. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I was there that day, and all of a sudden, it was just me by myself because it was Tony and Kevin and Mortimer and a couple other heads that showed up and myself, and we were having a session. The fucking phone rang. Someone came out and said, Tony, you got to go. Um, I hate to be the one to, you know, say this, but Danny's upset. And they all left, and I was fucking standing on the deck by myself going, what just happened? <laughs> wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know their little thing, but I, <laughs> you can always tell from afar as a kid. You, that's all I will say about that. There's just something when those cylinders weren't clicking with them, too. Danny was coming after Hawk's throne. He was getting a lot of press, a lot of play, and Tony didn't like that. Yep. I'm not saying Tony Hawk's in that in that group of people, but that just, you know, I, I feel like our generation is a lot more forgiving like not forgiving but we're just like we usher in the new dudes like oh fuck yeah man these dudes are great you know we go to the contest cheer them on and shit we don't get that kind of love dog like no no we raise these kids up now they you, you go to the park there's fucking three and four year olds getting coached from day one you know they got mom and dad skating with them at the park when we came up there was no moms and dads skating with their kids at the fucking park oh hell no <laughs> that, shit, that shit didn't exist my mom was working, dog. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and if you were over a certain age, say fucking 21, 22, you were like considered old. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. That's that's so great you pointed that out because, and I think that's what's really cool that, you know, the younger guys, they're a lot, and, and also the younger guys, they're a lot cooler, and I think they keep, they keep the fire burning for us as well. You know, I like watching the younger guys out there skating and getting back out and going and filming a couple little clips. But, you know, I, like, I, I really feel like our era is the last era, you know, where we're just like, yo, look at these new dudes. They're dope. And, like, and we're the only ones still fucking skating. You know what I mean? Some of them dudes skated for, like, four or five years, man. Seriously. Right. You know, and that's yeah. just being honest. That's just being fucking honest. It's no slight to no yeah. one. But it's like, man, I've been skating since 1986. I probably stopped a little bit when I was a chef in North Carolina. Like, I didn't stop. I just you know, I take a couple months and work a lot, and you had to fuck. Yeah, you had to survive. Yeah, I had to survive. I really had to survive. But I would, I would still skate, and I miss skating. I knew I'm deep down. I miss skating. So when I got back at it, I was just, it get, I had that hunger there, you know. And so yeah. I think that says a lot for guys our age that are still out there ripping, and you know, came from the '80s and shit like that. Like it's a long time to be skating, dude. It is. I just recently uh, uh, DM'd Hasoy a picture that I took of him. At the fucking Vision 88 Skate Escape when I was a kid in the crowd. I, I was like, Christian, I took this picture of you when I was in the stands, or in the arena, fucking cheering for your ass with the other 8,000 people that were there. I had no idea who you were, but <laughs> I was a big fan. And now, you know, here we are, and this was a fucking a picture that I took of you. That's yeah, so dope, I dude. My fucking little Kodak with the fucking cube flash. I took that shit, and it was dope. I caught him right in the fucking, at the peak of a mute air. High as shit. And I was I sent it to him, and he was like, oh, man, that was the greatest contest ever, you know? That contest was so, dope. That was Red Hot Chili Peppers was playing on the platform, yes, right? Yes, sir. Chili Peppers played on deck. And yeah, it had the, sp had the spine, and um, actually, uh, that yeah, was, man, that, was that Tony Hawk's, was that Danny's first contest? contest that again, man. That was Danny's first pro contest, too, right? No, Danny's first pro contest was Michigan. Oh. And it had a spine, too. 
Okay, he okay, won. okay. I think he won. I'm pretty sure he, he did win. I'm pretty sure yeah, he did. Reese Simpson, I think, got second. There are some other heads there, but yeah, no. Danny's fucking first event as a pro, he won. Reese Simpson sure. was dope, dude. I always liked that dude, man. I thought he was. Yeah, I still actually talked to him. He's a carpenter up in up in uh, up in uh, I want to say in the Reno Tahoe area. He does carpentry. Wow, man! I, yeah, I need to I yeah, need to hit I, that dude I actually, up. Someone, a friend of mine, I met up there on a trip said hey you know that reese simpson lives in this town i was like dude give him my fucking phone <laughs> exactly I'm ready to go back down south but make sure you hand him my number and sure shit i got a call from him like within that week he's like dude this guy fucking hands me your number i remember you i was like oh thanks man that's dope dude that's really yeah, dope too i think that's so awesome man he's like that he remembers you and shit too you know like a lot of them do Act like they yeah. don't remember nobody and shit. Like that's I, I know. I, How is that, man? I talked to that's Scott the, Stanton. That's the worst. That that's is the that worst. is the worst. You know what I mean? Like like, like there's a, there's a lot, dog. There's a lot of <laughs> I ain't even gonna get into names, but there's yeah, a lot no. of cats who I'm cool with now. That, and then they'll, they'll but they cool guide you at one point. Oh, like, cool guy the people, shit out of me. You. I mean, cool yeah. guy the shit out of me. Like a couple of them even judge me in contest. You know, just cool guy the shit out of me and shit. And like, I'm like, Man. I mean, but now I'm older. You know, I'm too old to be beefing with people about stupid shit like that. But like, yeah, don't think I ever shit. forgot. I forgive, but I don't forget. It's WCRP. Vancouver, Canada, the Slam City Jams. I know you remember those. Yes. I took the best vert run of my life and i'll be honest with you to this day i have never done well no i did it once i did it at bucky's i did a finger flip lean air in my run basically a front side fucking mutt air like grabbing lean just i mean the fives the whole nine and i will be damned if towards the end of my run duncan's on the mic and says hey everybody bob burnquist in the house all the judges all the people turned their heads to watch Bob walk into the building and fucking didn't even watch my run. And they gave me some bullshit low-ass score because they're like, oh, he probably took his usual run. When I was like, dude, that was the run of my life. Even Glipberg was like, dude, that was the best run I've ever seen you take in your life. He's like, you just got fucked. And he laughed. Oh, hold on. What year was this? Was it? Was it? I'm trying this was 90... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say 96, 97. Okay, because I think the one in two thousand. Did you go to the one in two thousand? Um, where it had I, like had a crazy street course. Had like a candy cane. The had a rail that like came up like a candy cane on the end. It was like really... I didn't go to the one in two thousand. I, I after after I think ninety seven. I I just I, I can't remember the years, but I'll tell you there was there was two that I went to that were in BC Place. You know that big arena yes, where it's filled yes. with air. Yes. So, Two at BC Place, and then I did the one that was at that outdoor uh, pavilion. Oh. So I've done three years. So okay. I'm going to go ahead and probably say that was 96, 97, and 98. I think my, one of my first pro content, no, that was Munster, Germany. But one of my, because. I didn't do 99, because 99 I was doing demos. for I, I got hooked up on this uh, crew to do demos, and I was making good money, and I was just doing my little three-month demos, and. You know, t- putting that money in the bank because I, I pretty much figured I'm not making a diamond contest, so it's pointless to keep going to them. Where I'm just getting shut down and I'm, I fucking can't even eat. 
I'm gonna do these fucking demos and make my little fucking two hundred dollars a day. That's so crazy, man. Like, like that's so weird to think. You know what I mean? Like, a guy like you know guys like your shit, yourself and Stedham and and even Peanut and uh, Don Hillsman, those guys, they all have like like very similar stories when it comes to that kind of shit. Like you were getting unfairly judged, but you just kept pushing. And I think that's, you know, like that sucks to be unfairly judged. But the most important thing, if you guys wouldn't have kept going, man, like guys like myself wouldn't even be here, dude. So we got to fucking thank you guys. You know what I'm saying? Man, there was no excuse. I just love fucking skateboarding. If I wasn't at a park, I was in the fucking street. If I wasn't in the street, I was on a fucking something. I just thoroughly love every aspect of fucking skateboarding. That's where I came from. Yes. That's where I came from. Yeah, came man. From, you know, when the parks were closed, we rode the streets. When the parks were open, we were at the parks. So, just fucking do it, man. Man, you had do so it, much you know? good. You had so much good terrain too. You know what I mean? It's such a blessing. You know what I'm saying? Like to have like there's good terrain everywhere. Don't get me wrong. And like mm -hmm. and everything isn't. You know, it's really funny when I came to Cali. You know, you see some stuff. You're like, man, I'm gonna go there and kill that spot. You get there, you're like, this shit's hard to skate. Yeah, I remember the first time I went to Upland Skate Park. Like, I, I got to ride Upland the last year that it existed. And I was a Del Mar kid. The Del Mar keyhole was, like, three feet smaller than the fucking Upland round in that combi. I swear to God, the first night I went there, and it was nighttime. They had great lights. It was all good. I would go up there with Jason Rogers and my dad and my brother. And, and Jason's dad had an RV. We would go up there together. The dads would go have some beers, chill out. And then we would go spend the night in the RV in some neighborhood there in Upland. It was all good. You know, we didn't have to pay for a hotel. So we would go up. We'd get there on a Saturday afternoon, skate Saturday, skate Sunday, leave Sunday night. I remember the first night that I fucking dropped in the combi and headed towards the round and realized how fucking big and deep this thing was. <laughs> I, I, dude, I screamed. And I, I turned my head and I put my hand out because I was I, to stop myself. And I remember slamming my hand, uh, my palm of my hand on the face wall of the round. It lumped up, and I had this lump in the palm of my hand for six months. That was the welcome to fucking Upland lump, dude. That's what I called it. Man, Chris Miller used to kill that fucking place, dude. Oh, yeah, he fucking, my God. Unreal. That's so crazy to think back now. I was just watching some old Jeff Grosso footage the other day, too. on a, uh -huh. I think it was Lance Mountain's page. Man, it was... It's that's yep. that stuff's so cool to watch, dude. You know what I mean? Like I just I love that stuff. Like the it's stuff as good that as I missed. Dudes playing football with leather helmets on. Yeah, <laughs> man, I was looking at his board and his shoes, and I was like, man, he's like, it's funny. Like people think they're they're like they're redoing all the old stuff, and it's like, nah, man. Like <laughs> them boards were heavy. Number one, oh, them dude, boards easily. Easily 20, 25 pound boards. It's like, dude, what the fuck? And then you got to take into effect all the accessories. You had rails. You had nose guards. You had skid plates. You had lappers. All these accessories that made that shit another five pounds. You're lugging around this fucking indestructible tank. This shit know, was rattling was, all the time. <laughs> that would, yeah, that shit rattling. Yeah, <laughs> man, fucking, you know, they, what, they, they figured out, wait, we got to get rid of these accessories so kids keep so kids buy more boards because you buy a board that shit lasts you one two years it's wcrp
my first board Hold I got on. my first board I got a uh, it was like a blank board the ones you can cut out yourself. So I was I thought oh, shit. I thought I was a little engineer and shit. I drew a little thing on the bottom, put a buckwheat sticker on it. I thought I was, I thought that shit was so cool. That shit probably looked terrible, dude. I went and bought a little jigsaw and um you know I cut it out myself. I I, I traced it off a board at the shop. And that was my first brand new board. Other than that, I was getting hand-me-downs, you know, like I didn't really know about skating. And um, you know, the kids in my neighborhood, they were kind of hooking me up, but it was so, it was sort of like right. with you. You know, it was like I pull up, kids be laughing at me and shit. Like, you know, like right, I, right. I wasn't cool. You know, like I, I didn't know what was cool. I was just like, oh, we all skateboard. Clearly, fucking not. Speaking of not knowing what's cool, man, here's something that did original nickname was fucking Buckwheat. Oh. Everyone would come to my house to stay the night, and they would call me that. And one night, because my dad was in the military, so he was he'd be gone on missions. I'd be gone for X amount of months, and I wouldn't see him. But one time, my dad was home for the weekend. I had all my, my friends are coming over. These are all my, you know, these are all my white skater friends. <laughs> they were cool with that. They were super cool. They were, they were, you know, they accepted everything that we brought into the house. But, man, my dad noticed that they were all calling me Buckwheat. And he sat all of them down in the living room and said, I know you, you're Darren's friends. And I know you're just, this is your first time in our home and, and meeting, his, you know, me, his dad and his mom. But I'm going to tell you guys something right now. I don't ever want to hear you call my son Buckwheat again, okay? You know what nickname he said would be cool for me? He said, call him Gator. Call him something like that. Because <laughs> we were from Florida, so my dad was always, he was into alligators, so he's like, call him Gator. You All know, right. I had a, he said, I had a cousin that his nickname was Gator. And I was like, and I was like, whoa. And I literally was like, I'm looking at my friends, I'm looking at my dad like, dude, like, what the fuck, dad, why are you telling them not to call me that? That's like my nickname. And from that day forward, I was never fucking called that again. And being from Florida too, man, like, I just, because I didn't really hang out with a lot of white people until until I got in the third grade. You know, like, like Florida's very segregated in that sense. So when my No, mom, no, yeah, dude, my parents grew up there, so I, I feel them. I'm, as, a, as an adult man... I'm like, holy shit, the shit my fucking folks went through, especially my mom. Man, you, know? you man, it is just wild. Like, the kid that taught me how to skate, his parents didn't like black people, so I had to learn how to skate in his garage. And I was learning tricks at such an incredible fucking rate just because I, I my heart was pounding and shit like that. But my first couple years skating, man, um, I didn't know who my, I couldn't find my friends. You know what I mean? Because most of them were mm -hmm. just like, say, undertone racist shit. Or like, or I just wasn't really accepted. Like I couldn't find my 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 crew. You know what I'm saying? Like because right, I right. and and like this was just odd for me in Florida because there wasn't any other brother skating. And then the skate park was Kona, and I wasn't very welcome there. You know, I did not feel very welcome at Kona, so I wouldn't go there. So um, I tried to go to ramps and all that shit with my friends, and and it was just very hard the first couple of years skateboarding, just finding my friends and and being comfortable with myself, being a, a comfortable enough to myself to where I'm like, oh, is this gonna be my friend? Is he gonna get fucking you know? Is he gonna get comfortable and say a fucking nigger joke or something? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, right. There was right, a lot right. of that growing up, man. You know, I was I was very happy to get to California when I did, man. It was it was everyone kind of chilling together. Not to say it was perfect, right. but it was it right. was night and fucking day from where I was from. I was like, damn, people smile like <laughs> people got all their teeth. Yeah, I mean, my I think one thing I can I'm thankful for is when I started getting good, and when I moved from the beach area like a few miles inland, 
Um, and I had met Jason Rogers at Del Mar Skate Ranch. We were we were skate park fucking best buddies. We would only run into each other at the skate park. I didn't know where he lived. I didn't know his phone number. I didn't know jack shit about him. But we would always show up at Del Mar Skate Park on the same weekends, around the same time. And we were fucking skate buddies. When my parents bought their first house a few miles inland, I'm riding my fucking bike down the street, bro. I got my backpack and my skateboard wedged in my backpack. I was heading back to the beach, even though it was five miles away. I was like, fuck this. Fuck this place. I'm riding my bike back to the beach. So I'm right, I'm, I cut through this neighborhood, and I'll be damned if I pass the 7-Eleven and look over, and there was a group of three fucking skaters. So I kind of like veered over that way, and I was like, is there anything to skate around here? Because I'm heading over to blah, blah, blah area. And I'll be damned if one of the dudes wasn't fucking Jason Rogers. He's like, don't I know you? I said, no, I'm new to the neighborhood. My parents, like, I've only been in the neighborhood like a week. Like, you know, I don't know anybody here. He's like, no, I do know you. He's like, it's me, Jason, from Del Mar. I went, I looked at him real hard. I went, oh shit, I didn't recognize you with all, all the pads and the helmet. And the <laughs> I'm, like, oh. I'm like, you live around here? He's like, I live across the street. He lived across the street in the apartments from the Seven Eleven. I was like, holy shit, man. I was like, dude, it's so good. And then, and then, so that I instantly got sucked into their crew. And I think that what what kind of saved me from the full onslaught of of you know this is you know like feeling out of places jason's half japanese half white okay so i always there was always this kind of like international flavor in our crew it wasn't just the the, the standard all caucasian guys so i think that's what helped me kind of like last some of through some of the the rougher like you said racial undertone times because those dudes would fucking stand up and defend because half of them they're you know they were either mixed or their you know their parents were something other than white so we all kind of had each other's backs in that aspect. But yeah, man, it was like, there would be certain shits we'd go to, man. It was like the skinheads and the swastikas. And I was just like, oh shit, man. It's WCRP. Being a kid, man, and just, like, having to deal with that kind of shit, you don't know what the hell to think. You're like, yo, some of them dudes are grown-ass men chasing you down the street and shit. They take me to punk rock shows, and there's these big-ass skinhead dudes, and they would throw me in the pit. And all I knew is the music was fucking raw. People were expressing themselves. So I got my little black ass in there. I'm swinging my arms around. I'm marching with these dudes. And I just remember one time specifically this group of, of I mean, dude, these were big-ass Nazi dudes, but I was so in my own world, in my own zone, swinging around, moshing and shit. They all just kind of were looking at me, pointing and laughing. And then they were like, you know what? We're going to surround this dude and we're not going to let anybody fucking touch him. We're going to mosh right along with this guy because I don't think he knows what he's doing or, what yes. he's <laughs> or how dangerous his situation could be. That's fucking great, And I'll dude. never, ever forget that, dude. It was dudes with blue mohawks, dudes with skinheads. And, and to me, those people made a, a, a really a lasting impression on me because regardless of what their stance was in the public eye, these fuckers protected me. That's what I was going to say. Like, the first people I did find were, like, some kind of older punk rock dudes. And they were cool as fuck, man. Like, they taught me everything about skating, like, everything skating fast. And they told me, you know, they taught me everything, man. And then yeah. they kind of then they guided me to their friends. And um, they skated with this dude named Junior. And Junior had a little brother named Jose. 
So then I started hooking up with all Mexican kids, and they put me on the Mark Gonzalez and shit. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I was man. so hyped, yo. I was just like, I never forget how that transition happened, though. So it was, you know, it was all older heads that made it happen. Like, people my age are assholes, mm-hmm. man. Like, they, they yeah, didn't, yeah. Yeah, always you know, like, they weren't cool. The older crowd, older people. I was always around older people. They were always the coolest ones to me, man, the older heads. They're really, really cool. Like Duncan's a cool dude. You know what I'm saying? Duncan's cool. Yeah. I like I like Duncan. Oh, I love the show to make some Duncan, man. I do. I, Duncan's I love, I love awesome Duncan. dude, man. Yeah, like like there's some nothing but good fucking intentions, man. Yeah, there's there's a lot of older dudes that are dope and there's a lot of older people. Like even if you try to just like, hey, what's up in passing, like they're like funny. And it's like, well, damn, dog, I thought we all skateboard. You know what I'm just... Exactly. Yeah, we all have a common thread here. I want to ask you this, too. When when you got on, uh, when you were on Going, did, did Randy Jansen put you on? Um, You know what? Randy did have a lot to do with it, but it was um John Hogan. I oh, before, wow. I, I was on before fucking Randy. John Hogan put me on. Oh, wow. That was way back in the day. What was your favorite Gold Wings yeah, ride? OG, bro. OOG. What was your favorite Gold Wings ride? The Magnesiums? Oh, the fucking pink, mag- pink Magnesiums, man. Man, them things were so tight, dude. Man, there's some things you just can't bring back properly. And I feel like the Gold Wings just have the greatest place in skateboarding. Like, like I love them trucks, man. Like, the flyweights. Yeah, like, yeah. They're highly underrated. I mean, they might not have had the best pivot bushing angle, but, dude, you get... Some gold wings wore out, and you slap into a fucking grind, you ain't going nowhere. See, that was the beauty of skating back then, though. You know, you think about it, that was the beauty of skating. It's like, it's like we were there. We were trying to, like, go through all the technological breakthroughs of skating and shit. But, like, still we're like, man, these trucks don't turn well, but fuck it. I'm skating anyway. Yeah. And then they made the and then they made the, uh, the street shadows out of all, like, uh, it was like vinyl. It was like a, it was an all-plastic truck. Yes. It was a hanger. Yes. You know how many... That's them goddamn fucking shits I broke. <laughs> I was glad I was on the team. I'm like, every other week, I'd be like, dude, I just broke the hangers. Man, I, I remember the they, they made the joints. They had they already had the Roger Pads built on them. Man, I used to think them things were so dope, dude. That and an 8th Street board, you couldn't tell me nothing back in the day, dude. No, you couldn't tell nobody nothing, bro. Man, that, that and the 8th Street board was like, that was that was a uniform, dude, for years until, like you said, man, yep. until World came around. That was the uniform. It went, it went from Powell to 8th Street and Gold Wings to somehow mm-hmm. 38 millimeters and <laughs> And and, uh, yeah. and and football boards, you know what I'm saying? But but yeah. everyone yeah. stuck. Everyone stuck through that man. Like to stick through those those couple, just those three things I named right there. And then skateboarding was changing so much between '88, '93. You know, so you had to be mentally strong to keep up with like not only the equipment but the tricks and stuff too, man. Oh, so well, that shit drove people crazy. Look what look what it did to Gator. Ex- look what it did to Phillips. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, man. They couldn't. It, it, killed, it, it killed those dudes. Look what it did to fucking Hussoy. Yep. Yep. You know, and a lot of you a know, lot of heads, that, man. That, like that, that that quest for money. I just I wonder always in the back of my head, like when they were reaching out to Christian to be one of the first dudes in the you know the official ESPN X Games, and he was like, you know, I'm gonna take a trip to Hawaii. I'm going to get money. Like I wonder if he really regrets that. I'm sure he does. I, I, I'm. You know, it's like that, and that's when shit was starting to change for the better. And by then they were getting, they were getting, they were slapping the cuffs on him, and he was getting ready to do five. I mean, he he's, I don't know, man. Like like, and see, I don't know a lot of those guys personally, so I don't know their story. But the but the dude, like like, 
running towards money at any point is never a good thing. You know what I mean? It's like them dudes had a great life, man. You know, they had a great life, and obviously that wasn't enough. You know what I mean? So that's what well, I, I mean, really— Dude, he was, he was dating Lou Rawls' daughter. He was living in W.C. Fields' old mansion in Hollywood. Dude was fucking had it made. Absolutely. Absolutely. He looked like fucking— Dude, to me, if he would have wanted to, Krishna Soy to this day could have been Johnny Depp. Dude, he could have been uh, what's the what's the one dude's name? The little the little singer dude from uh, from uh, Hawaii. What's his name? Um, um too hot. Goddamn. Oh what's, yeah, the, uh, uh, yeah. Fuck, his name always uh, goes by me too. But yeah, exactly. He could have been that dude too. He could have been that dude. I swear to God, he could have been that. Every time I see that dude, I'm like, dog. That 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 yeah. could have been Christian Soy Space right there. Imagine that dude singing and dancing some shit somebody wrote, and then him popping up skating behind it. Dude, people would ate that. If someone would have just. Put you in that role, you know, skateboarding aside, your ass could have been one of the most popular, best looking, most sought after actors ever. Absolutely. Dude, I just saw him in uh, Tupelo last year. We all went out for an event and we were saying, man, we were just tripping. It was like, it was, dog, he was just walking around with a shirt in his back pocket and we were like, Dude, it's Hosoi. He's still the same dude from when I was a kid. He looks the same, he dresses the same. That's yeah, so not, dope. He's not, he's not changing his. Uh, you don't change. You don't change the costume if it works. That is so dope to me, though. You know what I mean? I mean like shit. You know it works because Muska uh, 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 adorned the costume, and look at how good it worked for him. Uh, and then Muska switched it up a couple of times. He should have stuck with that costume, dog. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you, those years that Christian was in jail, and Muska took on the Rising Sun, and the walking around with the boombox. Yep, dude. That hey, you know what? I never fucking thought of that. Holy sh! Wow, he I'm, got away with that because there was no, no one was fucking really being conscious that that was Christian Fasoy's persona. That he just said, "I'll take that." Wow, I never even put two and two together. Right, I never put two and two together, ever. Like I would have never. Wow, <laughs> damn. No, I'm no, slow as hell. That, that, that to me was the first case of successful identity theft. It's WCRP. Things right now, and uh, you know, it's what I've seen going on in skating is, uh, you know, like. Especially for brothers, you know, I think this is great. This is a great conversation. I love that we can both catch up on shit like this, but we need more of this with brothers and skating because it's it's a it's a almost like a fight for who's got the brightest chain in the slave field. It's like, yo, man, like none yeah. of us, none of <laughs> us, check out my chain. It's like, bro, you're still a slave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> none, none of us are gonna win in the end. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're like Steve yeah. Steve Stedham should have been a, a a fucking a case study for everybody. Like, I don't know why brothers are scared to start a team where it's like all brothers. It's like, yo, why? why? You know what I'm saying? Why? Well, you could you could help and fund yourself. You could probably bring some of the older guys back and show them love. And there's well, I a, thought that's what um I thought that's what uh DGK crew was doing. I thought I thought they I me thought too. that was their MO. Well well, that's kinda it's kinda hard to do because Stevie doesn't outright you know, that's not outright his, it's him and Troy. Uh, yeah. So that's okay. that's a yeah. yeah. So you yeah. know, that's and and, and then and then Stevie's not really, Stevie isn't the business side of it. You know, where where less that guy is, and so right, 
you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure a lot of the final say, like, Troy has to have to do with it. And I really thought DGK was going to be that, too. You know, but I, I think right. it's great that it kind of it, it expanded globally. I think that's dope. Sure. You know, they're picking up brothers from Brazil and shit like that. And I really feel like with companies like that, with a lot with a lot of us, we don't know the business side yet. And and we don't want to step away from being the skater and run the business. Yeah, yeah, we're in this we play the soldier role really good. Yes, you know I what I'm saying? So so I think that's been our that's been our biggest thing is like I mean the last guy the last guy was fucking really good at that I think was Brian Ridgeway. I was just going to say you know who should have been the first fucking proprietor of the most successful black organization of skaters is Brian Ridgeway. Absolutely 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 you know what i'm saying like because he knows the game he knows the game like oh, the back of his game. hand he he's he doesn't want to be the talent and so that is the biggest takeaway from a lot of us from a lot of us yep. brothers trying to run things and do things it's like cuz that's where the, that's where it gets a little muddy at you know it's a, it's a conflict of interest no matter how you want to think about it like dog Brian, like, Brian Ridgeway could have been the black Steve Rocco absolutely fucking lutely <laughs>